0: I really talk to people about starting to define yourself as a writer. If you love it and if you're drawn to it, so important that you don't say, well, you're only a writer if you get published. I really don't believe that. You're a writer if you love writing and you write regularly. Just write. I think don't feel that got to get it right I think that's probably it in a nutshell don't feel that you've got to get it right just get it down it gets, get black on white just see where it takes you because I think at the end of the day you'll be really surprised and it will spur you to do more because the more you write the more you think about your ideas the more you want to write again
1: have you ever dreamed about writing your own book Or maybe you're writing one right now and you could use just a little bit of inspiration and motivation. Well, you'll want to listen to my next guest, the ever so lovely Jackie Lofthouse. Jackie's a novelist and the founder of The Writing Coach, an international coaching and literary consultancy for writers. She's also one of my all-time favorite coaches who never fails to inspire, support and nurture your writing aspirations, as well as your actual writing itself. This month, Jackie's running a free challenge for all writers called Commit to Your Brilliant Book, a five-day challenge to power your writing year. She's also opening the doors to her fabulous literary community online course to help get your book from opening page to typing the end and everything in between. So whether you want to write a best-selling crime novel or children's book or a memoir or a business book to showcase your best business ideas, you'll definitely want to take a listen to this month's podcast. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. It's so lovely to have you and talking about your wonderful, uh, the writing coach and the literary community, the consultancy and the course and all the work you do, as well as the books that you have written and have published. So thank you for joining me here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: So let's start really with, you know, I know, myself included, so many people say they want to write a book, or they love the idea of being a writer. So how did that happen for you? Tell us about your career so far. And did you always want to be a writer? Did you know you were going to be a writer?
0: That's quite interesting, actually, because I think, although I always loved reading as a child, I think in my teenage years, I was much more into acting. I was a member of a youth theatre, So it wasn't really until I was in the sixth form and studying literature that I just had a very, you know, it's that typical story. I had this incredible teacher called Mrs. Lipinskis and we sat reading a Philip Larkin and Sylvia Plath in the sixth form house and really fell in love with writing then. And then I went on to study English and drama. And while I was at university, I started writing Lots of very bad short stories that if I look back on them, I kind of (laughs) blush incredibly. Um, But I did definitely fall in love with writing at that stage and, you know, wanted to like write for Cosmopolitan or something like that. I thought I wanted to be a journalist, but ended up being a radio journalist and that in turn. By a circuitous route led to me doing an MA creative writing at at UEA in the end in my sort of mid mid 20s.
1: Lovely. And so and then when did your first book, when did you start on your first novel and when did it, when was it published?
0: Yeah, so like so many people, I do have the novel under the bed, which is and I think it literally is under the bed. So I started writing the first novel I ever wrote um, prior to the to, prior to doing the M.A., And it was while I was there that I finished that one. But I started to believe I wanted to write an 18th century novel, a novel set in the 18th century. And I took a course in 18th century literature while I was there and started writing that book. So that was back in 92 to 93. So I was about 28, something like that. Um and I I I confess I was incredibly fortunate uh, at that point after I finished the MA in that I sent to six agents and actually had a few interested um which was amazing and kind of unexpected as well to be honest so I was I, I was slightly in shock when when I did actually learn that I had an agent <laughs>
1: That's lovely, isn't it? It's everybody's dream to have that, you know, anyone who's thinking about writing a book or has written a book to get that agent or to get that publishing deal. And now that you, you know, four novels later, and now you, um, you run the writing coach, which is a consultancy. And, um, you also have this course, which we're going to talk more about in just a minute, the literary community. So tell us about the writing coach and what you do for you know new writers new novelists or you know existing novelists tell us a little bit more about the writing coach.
0: Yeah so I started the writing coach back in about 2005 so I'd had a couple of novels published at that point and I was working on my third and it was the very early days of life coaching so like so many people I did that training I trained with coach U in the states and Bizarrely, recently I found an old journal that dated way before that time, whereby I'd written down the words, The Writing Coach. Um, and I was really shocked that I'd had that idea so long ago. So I was very lucky in that I bought the domain, thewritingcoach.co.uk in that very, very early days where lots of domains were easily available. And that just started me off on that journey. Although at first I thought I was teaching creative writing at City University after my first novel was published and I wanted to keep them really separate I wanted to work with individuals on all aspects of their life and I wanted to teach writers and I wanted them to be two different aspects of my career but I found that the people that kept coming to me for coaching were inevitably writers and creative so in the end I caved in to, to the idea of actually bringing bringing them together and started using that domain that I had I admit actually bought yes. Wow, that's
1: interesting, isn't it? And you and I are both coach you alumni actually, because I remember right. doing that course back yeah. in ten something like yeah. that. So how interesting that you had the the seed of the idea so so early on. And so you know, as a novelist or someone who's interested in writing a novel, what do you offer so they can send you their manuscript or you give what what how does it yeah. work?
0: I mean, it's really grown over the years, but uh, because I did sort of, first of all, it did start being broad life coaching for writers. But actually, over the years, we did start doing manuscript appraisal. And it has grown so that now I've got a team of editors, a team of writers. And we work on several sides, really. So we do one-off manuscript appraisals for people who are getting ready to submit to agents and publishers, or perhaps sometimes they might be at the very early stage and they just want some feedback on you know the first three chapters for example just to get a sense of how it's going and is it going along the right lines and that gets annotated and a written report and a chat with their consultant but we also do long-term coaching of writers because it can be such a lonely business at the end of the day and also one so needs that sense of yes i'm i'm getting it right or i've just got that space in which to talk about the work so myself and the team work in sort of for 3 months or 6 months or a year sometimes with an individual through that process of writing a book and we check in every month and we read roughly 7000 words of their work a month and we annotate it and we talk about it you know and i think for so many people having that Constructive, helpful feedback on the work, so that they know, you know, they're they're along the right lines with with what they're doing. I, I find it incredibly exciting. I feel really, really privileged to work with all of the stories that come by my desk and those people because I often say in some ways it's much bigger than me i i am still a writer i'm still a novelist but at the same time there are so many stories and people that have much bigger lives than my own more interesting lives than my own and to help nurture their voices and their stories and get them out into the world is you know a real joy it really is definitely
1: and i can attest to you know i i i sent i submitted some work to you myself and what i love about you Jackie is you have such a light touch but also so supportive and so caring. And, you know, it's very nerve wracking when you send some work to somebody (laughs) for them to read. It's terrifying, actually. And, you know, you have this amazing quality about you, which I I find is just perfectly suited to writers and people in the creative industry. So thank you for me.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. That's such a lovely thing to say. I really appreciate it.
1: (laughs) And what would you say? Because obviously, in your position, you, you have all this experience what would you say you see as the biggest blocks writers or would-be writers um, come up against when they're trying to write short stories, poems, novels, whatever it might be?
0: I, I think it's a hundred percent the confidence piece, actually. Of course, that there are practical pieces. There are practical pieces around people thinking, where do I start or how do I structure this? Or am I getting it right? But then that am I getting it right piece comes down to the lack of confidence. And I think some of that is about all the stories that we hear, which are largely true to an extent about how difficult it is to get your book through. Although obviously we can talk about about that and and my views around the industry. But I, I do think that we tell ourselves stories about whether or not we're capable of doing this. And we think of writers and authors as somebody other than ourselves. And one thing I've really found as well is that this is kind of across the board. We're not just talking about beginners. We're talking about really experienced writers still having doubts about whether they can do it again. You know, I've worked with an international prize-winning author at one point who wanted advice for me on how to speak with her agent because, you know, that whole sort of thing around assertiveness, actually, and asking for what you want in the industry. So we do a lot of that as well, just that sense about industry knowledge and how to present oneself in the industry which is yeah it's also a vital part of the work but so, so that's the mindset side and I think on the craft side I think people often feel like they've got to map out this whole perfect story in advance and I know you know there is that big debate about are you a plotster or are you a panster you know do you do it by the seat of your pants or or, or do you get it all perfectly structured And there's no perfect answer to that but I think there's a bit of a back and forth at the end of the day. I think there is a real balance, and I think in the early stages of the novel—if it were a novel—but it also applies to nonfiction—we actually have to allow, you know, that really magical part of who we are to come alive. I do a lot of work with images, with portraits, just getting people to immerse themselves in the moment, and and you know that's not to say. That I'm just laughing here because I know it happened. That's not to say that we can just like write a load of fragments and it will be fine. I, I taught one in my teaching about balancing organic growth with a deep knowledge of craft. So it's a kind of back and forth at the end of the day. We are learning our craft and we teach that too, but we're also allowing for unexpected things to emerge in the process. And so I think that comes down to the the, the line of advice there will be actually trust your gut, trust your intuition. Put your yeah. seat on the chair and get writing at the end of the day, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think it's that, you know, seat on the chair issue, that part of it. I think personally, I find that the hardest part to struggle with. Would you agree that's something you see with your clients, especially?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, be- I also think because writing a book in particular is a very long journey. They might do it, if they've got a deadline, if they're a journalist and they've got to deliver the piece. But the thing about a book, it's like, it can so easily be put off till tomorrow. Nobody's waiting for it. Um, and it's it does take stamina. It's a long piece of work. And I think, especially if you want to write something quality, I know there are people who say, well, you can just sort of dash it off in six weeks. And it very occasionally happens, obviously. Um, but for the most part, you know, you're talking at least a year of really digging in to, to that work and having the faith. So it's easy if you look at your day think oh I'll do it it's a bit like people say the same about the gym so I'll do it later um I'll do it tomorrow and I think actually just coming back to that regular practice the regular ritual whereby it's really sacred and that doesn't mean one has to do it every single day but it's a regular deep part of your life and that you start to understand that you're happier when you do it because that's also a really big part of it I think that sense of we feel more fulfilled when we do our creative work, you know, whether that's writing or whether it's art or theater or whatever it is that we do that creatively fulfills us, it's just really easy to kind of push that way and do something else. It's like, oh, you know, I have to tidy the house or I have to, you know, do my day job or put my clients first. Um, I think it's about saying, do you know what, actually, all of that can wait for an hour. We can just at least an hour And I think that's another piece of it because I don't mean at least an hour. Actually, sometimes I mean 20 minutes is better than than nothing. What I really mean is that sense of we think we've got to wait for the whole day. We think we've got to wait till we've got half a day. But actually, if you you do the maths, you're more productive if you do an hour every day, five days a week than if you wait two weeks to write for three hours. Um, So, yeah, I think it is just saying I'm going to put myself first today. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to put some lovely music on if that works for you. I'm going to do my work. And then after an hour, yeah, I've got a lot to do today and I have to get on with it. And how much better you feel when you've done that.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of the sacred space. And also what you said about, you know, if you're creative, if you are if you you write and you love writing, then yes, you do feel happier when you've written, don't you? Mm-hmm. I love that, Jackie. I think that's so, lo- you know, so well put. And, um, But, you know, you've touched on it there. And I think you know, women struggle with this a lot, the whole idea of running a house, having a job, having children. And sometimes that creative part of ourselves gets really squished, doesn't it? And Mm -hmm. and it is very, very hard to say, okay, I'm just going to dedicate some time (laughs) to writing because with no idea or no promise that that writing will go anywhere. Mm. So what would you say to to that?
0: I think there's a few things. I think one is when you do your creative work, just take a moment afterwards to write down how it makes you feel. Just have a journal that is actually for yourself and your writing, because if you remind yourself that it makes you feel good and that actually it benefits the people around you, if you're living with others, then I think that helps. I think just things like scheduling in time, not only at home, but things like if you can. I used to, I haven't done it for a while and I must start again. I've just been on a writing retreat, which was wonderful. I did an Arvon retreat for a week. I know that's not accessible, you know, to everyone. And that was the first time I'd ever done one. But things like going to a library and working in the library for a day and actually scheduling that and putting that on your calendar so that everybody who you work with or in your family knows that that's the time when you're going to write. That can be great to get that swathe of time but I, so i think it's a combination of knowing how it makes you feel and i think also getting support actually you know and i whether that's through something like a local writing group or you know something in your library or finding a group online of writers you know we obviously have got a community as well which we'll talk about later but i think any way that you have of being accountable to somebody else who also loves it and who will also have that intimate Conversation with you about what it's like to be a writer and what it's like when people around you don't understand, because I do hear that a lot. And I really talk to people about starting to define yourself as a writer. If you love it and if you're drawn to it, so important that you don't say, well, you're only a writer if you get published. I really don't believe that. You're a writer if you love writing and you write regularly, because Every published writer was unpublished at some point and they were exactly the same person after they'd signed on that dotted line. And there are so many more ways of getting your work out into the world. If you're serious about your work and you do it regularly and you love it and you're devoted to it or you become more devoted to it over time, then you are definitely a writer. And I do. I remember the first time that was said to me, which was when I was at UEA, when Malcolm Bradbury said to the whole cohort, this year you are writers and that was just magical somebody giving us the permission to do it um to be a writer and i think it was actually quite a transformative moment for me and yes it was a privilege to to have that to have that year to focus and you know it's not something i could do now to just kind of not certainly not at the moment maybe in a few year in a few years time but i think that for somebody to give you that gift of saying you are a writer it makes a massive difference
1: mm. And the reason I'm smiling is because that quote, um, um, you know, for people who don't know, I, I took part in Jackie's course this year, uh, The Literary Community, which I recommend to anybody who wants to write a book or who is writing a book, who has written books. It's so fabulous. And that quote, I wrote it out, I put it on my pin pinboard, and I've never felt more like a writer than when, you know, during, in in your course, surrounded by people who are taking it seriously. And making that leap to say, yes, I am a writer. And even though I have written professionally, you know, make money from writing, I still that making that leap to writing fiction and saying, I'm a writer. So this leads, well, you know, perfectly into talking about the literary community. And it starts with a challenge, doesn't it? So the literary community, explain what it's about, and it's going to be launching soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So basically, we launch it annually. And it was called Inside Story, but it's going to be the format is going to be different this year. We've changed quite a lot, which people will see. Um, And basically, in January, we if you sign up for the challenge, you have a whole week, which is entirely free and free of obligation, you can just come along and have fun. And every single day, you will get a writing prompt or a way of thinking about your writing mindset, often both. So you'll have a different way of thinking about your writing, but you'll also have a writing exercise. And But you can do it in 15 minutes a day. I try to keep it really simple. That the, the writing exercise is actually an extension because I think the big thing is just to shift into that mode of being as much as anything else. And I'm on Facebook Live every day that week, so you can come along and meet me and you can talk about what's come out of that particular day's challenge for you. So we do a whole week of that, 5 days and there's probably a few extra bits over the weekend. Um and then on the Monday night, um we have a big webinar where I talk through my my framework for writers which is called the Writer of Impact framework. And essentially it's a way of looking at writing from three different angles which I think are vital and one is one is mindset and one is craft and one is how we relate to other people in our writing lives, whether it's other writers, but also with future readers and with the industry. Um, and I call those aspects devotion for the mindset, alchemy for the craft and the final one, connection. And I think if we kind of think about our writing lives as a whole, rather than, oh, I've just got to sit at my desk and write my book. It's so much bigger than that. It's, it's. I think what comes out of us when we write is always so unexpected and I think that's what's exciting that's the organic piece we we may have this structure and this idea for a book but I always say to people who have these perfect structures that's fine but when you sit at your desk and your character does something that he wasn't supposed to do then go back to your structure (laughs) and have a look And, and what's that character telling you um so we have a lot of fun that week and I you know can answer people's individual questions and it's it's around people starting to think about things like, why do I even write? Kind of understanding why we do it. Because I think if we don't understand why we do it, then that then of course we're not going to do it. But I think once we connect with that, and it's different for everybody, we start to get a sense of why we want to do it, but also who we are as writers and who we might become in terms of the type of work that we want to do.
1: Absolutely. And I laugh because what you described is (laughs) is so true, where you have an idea about where your story is going and then all of a sudden your characters take on a life of their own and do something Mm. completely unexpected. And you think, how much of this is, where is this coming from, do you think? Where is this inspiration coming from? I know Elizabeth Gilbert talks about having the muse in the corner kind of beaming inspiration towards her. But what, where would, where do you think it comes from, this inspiration?
0: You know, I, th- I think it is absolutely fascinating because I always say, if I think of books that I've written that I love when I think back to those characters and, and people say to me, Jackie, where did you get that idea? As if the whole thing magically downloaded to me one day. And yet actually... The idea and the characters and the events—they grow by increments. Sorry, by increments. They grow by increments um, over over the course of writing the book. And as a result, we look back and it's almost like magic. And I think we can see pieces of ourselves in the book. So it's it is a form of self-expression, even when we're writing about others. I think inevitably. But I I do think there is something quite special about the process, quite sort of, gosh, where did that come from? Because that has now come alive for me. It's like a sort of waking dream, but much better formed than a dream, you know. And I think that's one of the biggest pleasures, and especially when you later get readers um, and people start coming up to you and say I loved when such and such a thing happened," and it's like oh my goodness you're in my private world you know <laughs> um so yeah I, I think it is it's a very special and exciting process for sure.
1: So if anyone's watching this or listening to this and they have this germ of an idea this inspiration I mean what what do you say is the next step for them they have an idea that maybe keeps coming back to them what should they do with it?
0: I I think the most important thing is just to kind of grab it while it's there actually if it's in your imagination don't feel that you've got to just put it right down the idea in a notebook and leave it alone i would actually say just go with it and just it, say it's a say it's a sense of place or say it's a i'll give you an example from my own from my own work um, I'd done some research. I'd sort of started this idea of a writing a historical novel. And I was reading about a particular quack doctor, Dr. James Graham, um, in the 18th century. But I also started reading about the frost fairs on the Thames. And this image came to me one day of a woman staring out of the window down at the frozen Thames below. And I didn't know who she was or what that was about. I'd done a bit of research to be fair. So I had an idea of what it was that she was looking at, but I just kind of like started, it was on one of those really old computers. What was it? The Amstrad or whatever, where you're kind of typing in the green on the black um, and just started writing the image of her looking at the Thames. And I didn't really know where it was going, but little pieces from what I've read started to, to come into that. And I, the advice I often give people now is write with a sense of direction if you feel like I don't know how to make that into a scene, then give yourself a little index card and just literally write on the card. In that instance, it would be woman staring down at Thames, frozen Thames. Um, so you're always, get, always getting those kind of winter vibes. You know, I've done a bit of research as well, so I knew the era. Um, make It could be as simple as makes a decision, you know, Um and that's and that makes a decision is is the action and I I've, I've done some actor training as well and it's massive for actors in any moment we're always being asked the question what do you want what does he want what does she want and then you get this sort of conflict going on in that case it turned out to be the thing that she wanted to do that her, after her father's death was something her brother didn't want her to do and she was trying to take that decision but you get that sort of sense of active activeness if that's a word through through the scene that makes the reader want to read on because something's happening. So I think any little inkling that you get, just say to yourself, if it's fiction, obviously I'd give different advice for non-fiction, what does he want? What does she want? And it can be something really tiny. Even if it's, you know, he wants a glass of water. And I've done that as a drama exercise too. He wants a glass of water, but she wants the same glass of water. And then all of a sudden you've got a conflict going on and you've got a scene because perhaps these people are kind of, you know, in the desert. (laughs) They wouldn't have a glass, but you know what I mean. It's kind of, it becomes life or death, something really simple. But it can be a very subtle conflict as well and i think just playing with ideas that's a big part of it really
1: and this is the kind of thing we can expect from the literary community your course and tell us about the structure what if somebody were to enroll in it what would happen what kind of time commitment what kind of
0: support do they get yeah essentially so what actually happens there are various levels across the year um in terms of what people sign up for um But the the main way it's structured is that you have weekly classes in creative writing, some from me and some from members of my team. So and, and because if you join in January, you get that whole sort of sense of a journey. So we really will start out with those ideas of what it's like with First inklings of ideas, and you know essential skills like building character, um, you know how to write good dialogue, that kind of thing. But also, we do cater for nonfiction writers as well, so we have some classes that are specifically for nonfiction writers. And depending on what level you've signed up for, um, you either might just get Q and A with me, or you might get those very specific classes with me. But you'll certainly get some classes with my team at the end of the day. And But we also have something called a write-in, whereby you show up at a particular time and day and you write with other people, which is a really good way of just developing that muscle. So it might be, you know, two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon or it might be 8 p.m. on a Thursday evening. A write-in is scheduled and you have the option of showing up, just saying, today I'm going to work on, you know, this particular scene then we put the cameras off and we write for an hour together and there's also a community um which is outside of facebook um the platform i work on has developed this sort of new way of doing that and i think that's going to be upgraded for for this course as well so that's going to be a really good way of interacting online as well in the community and getting to know the other people um so that's the main part of it but what happens over the years of course People get to know each other and it really does become a community and people feel very, very supported over the course of the year. And they have opportunities to, for example, we've just done at the end of the year, we've had readings so that people are reading their work aloud that they've developed over the course of the year, which has just, again, been so good to hear. And there's also written modules. So if you need to know something about, I don't know, plot development you can go and download something and do an exercise on that and over the course of the year we also have interviews with industry professionals and so that you can ask them questions so with literary agents for example or very established authors you can be in the room in the virtual room with them and ask them your questions you know directly to them as well
1: Fantastic. It's such a fantastic resource. And, you know, thank you so much for creating it, because it really is like the one stop shop for anyone trying to write a book. And as you said, it's, um, you know, nonfiction and memoirs. I know people in the group are writing memoirs and fiction. And what's lovely is everyone's from different walks of life. It's fascinating. It's very rich, isn't it? And I think that leads on to the next part of it. You know, it's one thing to write your novel or write your short story or whatever it may be it's the next part of this. And it's very much a career of two halves, which is once you've done it, then what, you know, and so much of what we hear is the publishing industry has changed and you can't get a publisher and you have to go through an agent and it's so competitive. What is your take on it? Having published four novels already, and you're going, you're currently working on your fifth. And we'll talk about that in a minute. What's your experience of that? What would you advise people with in relation to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I think it, it is a really tough industry, without doubt, because we submit on behalf of our clients now. So we've got a submission service and, and we have great relationships with the agents. It's still very, it's not, we get books through, of course we do. And, you know, anyone can look on our website at the books that we've got through. But equally, it's hard. Um, but we do all the work we can with the the people you know that we work with to make sure that their pitch is really, really strong, so they've got a very strong hook, so that the letter makes that agent want to read it. And we also look at the submission packages to make sure that you know there's not something that's going to stop that reader being pulled in. It doesn't make it an easy journey. Um sometimes it is, you know, sometimes we there are just these proposal packs that go off for nonfiction books, for example, and an agent falls in love with it. And it's all you know very fast and happens very quickly. But I think what I'd say is that I love the fact that there are so many options now for publishing. Not everyone would even choose to go down that traditional route. Some people want to self-publish because it is the fastest way to market, especially if you're doing a nonfiction business book and you want to get it out there. It's definitely the fastest way to market Um, And there's all sorts in between as well. There's also going direct to small publishers. There are hybrid publishers now whereby they're doing um, sort of a percentage of the sales goes to that publisher, um, which, which is obviously always the case, but you have to pay them. But it's not the same kind of contracts that you used to have in the old days with vanity publishers. But you do have to be careful there having said that and I'm happy to send you a link that links to the Society of Authors view on you know how to tell which are the right companies to go with there if you are paying somebody to produce your book but definitely I always say to my clients that with each and every book there is going to be a different route so I've gone the traditional route I've had Bloomsbury publish me in Penguin I've had a smaller press Blackbird publish me I have one novel that didn't sell in the um, UK but did get a Dutch publisher. And I always talk to people about that one is, you know, how do you see it? Do you see it as the glass half empty or half full? I choose to see it as the glass half full. You know, obviously, there's this book out there and there are readers. And that came about because my second novel sold 100,000 copies in Dutch, which was very strange and unexpected. But it meant that my third novel got a great audience, you know, in the Dutch language. Um, And I always say I will put my book out there whichever way is right for that individual book. Um, And I don't rule out self-publishing. I will probably this year be self-publishing some of my backlist, in fact, that, you know, the the one that was with Penguin that's out of print now, I'll plan to bring that back into print this year. That's the historical one, actually. Um, So... I think the most important thing is to get your book right actually to I think we spend a lot of time thinking about will it or won't it be published I think if we say to ourselves I'm going to write the best book that I can possibly write I'm going to fall in love with my book. I'm going to shape it. I'm going to, you know, get feedback on it. You know, whether that's professional feedback or whether that is feedback from colleagues whose views I trust. I'm going to make it the best book I can. And then I'm going to find its route to market. And then you can choose which of those routes you take. The thing I'd say about the statistics that you hear all the time about how difficult it is to get an agent and publisher, remember that there are people getting agents and publishers all the time, because otherwise the bookshops wouldn't be full of books. But also, we we hear those statistics like, oh, they're going 10,000 books a year. Yes, they are. But a lot of them are nothing like the kind of quality that you um, are, are, are putting out there, you know, when you've taken all of those steps to really think about it. So, so many of them, these are people who are just sort of dashing out a book in three weeks and writing to an agent and hoping that they can get somewhere with it. I think if you produce a really solid book and you really believe in it and you are persistent, you will find your route to market and you will find your readers. It might mean doing some marketing, of course, if you go down that self-publishing route. But I, I just think actually come back to if you don't love the work, if you don't really absorb yourself in the work, how are other people ever going to? And if if you're stopping yourself writing because you're worrying that it might not get published in the future, then you're obviously not going to write a very good book if you're distracted by all of those thoughts. So focus on the writing, focus on the book, and then the rest will come in turn. You know, at the right time for you. And it might not be the first book; it might be the second. I, I know authors who've written three or four, and then the fifth becomes a bestseller. So everything to play for, including how we feel about ourselves when we do the work you know
1: yeah that's so lovely and I love that about because that's the bit you can have control over isn't it how you feel about your work doing your best work and forgetting the putting the publishing side to it you know that to one side and just focusing on what you can control because it sounds like with the book that um, did well the Dutch version of the book it kind of had a life of its own didn't it and something you didn't expect so it's almost do your best work and then Send it out and, <laughs> and, yeah. will find and it
0: you know, I think I think also we can think it's that we can think it's that you know it's that sort of overnight success thing as well. we can think oh, it's all right for that person. If I think back to that novel, which had like you know had those big sales in Holland, it had like about five foreign translations. I had the fancy launch party on the editor's houseboat on the Thames. you know it was all very magical and glittery and wonderful, but it took me five years to write that book. And I think people do sometimes forget that part of it. I didn't dash it off. Um, You know, I had a baby in the meantime. Um, I wrote a bit of a dud novel that my agent didn't like and said, "No, let's not have that." Um, When I delivered it to her, admittedly, I think it was at one hundred and (laughs) eighty thousand words, and she was she didn't even really. She just sent it back and she said, "Take forty thousand words out, and then I'll look at it." You know, Um, so I, I think it's. It's not easy. And I'm not saying everybody has to take five years over a book. I'm just that kind of writer, partly because I live my life in quite a sort of broad, creative way. I'm not sort of solely focused on my writing. I do crazy things like going off to drama school part-time for a couple of years. And, you know, at the moment I do life drawing classes, which I absolutely love, but that's just who I am. And I, you know, I like being fulfilled in a number of creative ways but I think it's do the creativity for its own sake but also focus on how you can get better at it um and in fact life drawing has been amazing for me because I'm find it so difficult it reminds me how difficult some t- people find writing.
1: <laughs> That's a good point yes definitely and um you know I love what you say about it People look at the overnight success, but we're talking about a five-year overnight success and a ten-year overnight success. And I, I was just watching the other day somebody spent twenty years writing their first novel, you know, but it's got published. So mm-hmm. I also love that you talk about the dud. But um, how did you pick yourself up after, after that? Did you did it? Was it like water off a duck's back, or did you have that moment of crisis in your confidence? Explain that a little bit.
0: Yeah, do you know, it's interesting. I think because I. I find when I give feedback on others' work, so often it resonates with them. And I think probably when that piece came back, part of me probably knew and wasn't loving it. So yes, it was upsetting at first. What was quite interesting is that there was it was set in the 19th century, and I decided when it was rejected that I wanted to maybe write a modern novel. But one image in that novel wouldn't go away and it was a woman another woman I often have lone women you see them often on book covers don't you somebody had a funny meme about that recently so it was but it was a woman in a bustle dress on a North Norfolk beach with a man by an older man by her side looked like a father or an uncle figure something like that battling against the wind and so there's that direction there battling against the wind and the man's out of breath and that was in what I call the dud novel and I just couldn't get that out of my head. So in fact, what happened is I was thinking, well, how on earth can I write about that? Because I'm trying to write a modern novel, and she's got this bustle dress on. And then it became, oh, I know, um, I'll write about somebody obsessed with that story. So it became the the book with you know, the story within the story. And it became about a female author. And that's my novel, Blue Throat Mourning. And it, it, it was about a female author who committed suicide. And it did use the, the Plath-Hughes piece to an extent. It's not, it's not about Plath and Hughes, but that idea of this kind of person who becomes more famous after death, so to speak. And the narrator was her husband who had to make sense of what happened to her. But it was the wife who was obsessed by this. She was a writer, obsessed by this Victorian story, so to speak. So it was long answer to basically say that out of the dard came the success and it wouldn't have happened without that so I think that's quite exciting really that even the things that we put by the wayside it's that piece never throw anything away because you never know what's what's in there that that may be revived and may lead to something else.
1: Yeah, no effort is wasted. I like to quote that. You know, no, nothing you put out there creatively is wasted, isn't it? It be recycled and so on. And and so, tell us, you're writing now. You've got your working on your fifth novel. Tell us a little bit about that. Where are you in in the writing stage?
0: Yeah, so I've finished a second draft of the fifth novel, and I'm writing a third draft at the moment. It's it's my first YA. Novel. I didn't particularly start it as a YA novel, young adult novel. I started it as a story about a a 15 year old girl whose father was a war photographer um, who died in Afghanistan. And I can talk about how that came together. But essentially, it was a 15 year old narrator. And then it's evolved into a YA story. I've seen books that have young narrators that actually are adult novels. And I've reached the point where it's complete my second draft I knew wasn't quite there but I had an interested agent not the original agent I was looking for a new agent and she kind of came on board and read it and liked it but not quite enough felt that it wasn't quite ready so she's given me feedback and it's been a great education for me of what it's like to be on the other side and to receive feedback and you know loved aspects of it but there were things that needed um shifts and changes. So that's what I'm working on at the moment to take back to her. And she may say yes, she may say no. But the point being that I'm doing exactly what I tell my clients to do, which is just to do the very best work they can do. And with feedback, I think it's about listening to what resonates with you. So if I were working with an agent who gave me a load of feedback that I just didn't agree with. I wouldn't do it. I would just think that's not the agent for me in this case, it's incredibly intelligent, insightful feedback that I know will make the novel better and she picked up on the thing that I knew was wrong with it, you know um so i it absolutely is the right thing to do to do this next stage. I'm hoping to finish it in the early early spring probably, and to get it off to her again. So yes, watch this space in relation yeah. to that one.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what comes out of that. That looks it sounds really exciting. And that's what I love about with uh, the literary community, um, that you're in the trenches with everybody, you know, and I love how honest you are about you know, the process that even though you have published four novels before, it's still the same, isn't it? Even you have the experience, but each new book is a new challenge, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think with each new book, it's like, it's, it is a new challenge, because you've got new characters, you've got a new situation, I think, especially if you're not always writing in the same genre, nothing wrong with always writing in the same genre, it's just that I don't tend to, maybe I just like to challenge myself in that way, it goes along with this sort of broad creativity piece, I'm doing something quite Different, and yeah, I I think it's quite—it's the excitement of it. At the end of the day, it's that sense of oh gosh, where is this? You know, where is this going to go, and and how is you know how is this going to evolve? I think that's a huge part of it. And I think in relation to the community, I am very open with what I share about my own journey. I you know I aim to be the best role model to to the people that I teach and mentor there, but I. On the writings, I also write, you know, I don't just kind of switch the zoom on and then go and do something else. I also use it as sacred writing time for me so that I can share at the end of that session. Oh, yes, I did this. And I discovered this while I was writing. And it's just a very quick check in and a very quick check out on those particular classes. But yeah, and recently when we did the readings, that was quite fun as well, because four or five people in the room read aloud. And I had a couple of them emailing me afterwards saying, Jackie, you didn't read. Next time. So I'm like, okay, next time I will <laughs> read my work in progress too. You know, so it's it's a really, the thing I wanted to say actually earlier was also this sense of, I don't know how, but we attract amazing people to our community. And I, you know, I think, I, I think you might've touched on that Dawn as well. Just that sense of the people that I'm surrounded with are all, really interesting and all really committed and all really positive which isn't to say that they that they don't have doubts you know but they want they want that community they want that encouragement and they really listen to each other and support each other so I do feel again just really privileged to to work with those people and it's um again it's not theoretically a women only group, but at the same time we probably are about an 85 percent 90 percent female group but that's probably just because of who I attract but we have some fantastic men in the group as well who are always just really sensitive and really insightful and it's a it's a really yeah lovely blend of people at the end of the day
1: lovely so remind us again I'm going to put the links underneath uh this video um, Remind you. us again so the commit to your brilliant book is the five-day challenge and that yes. starts when tell us
0: yeah so that You can sign up for that at any point in um, January, um, but it will begin on the 23rd of January, yes.
1: Okay, and that's completely free, a free five-day challenge. And then after that, the Literary Community launches at the end of January, I believe. So plenty of time for anybody thinking about uh, making 2023 the year they finish their book, start their book, finish their book, whatever it may be. So before we go, what about one piece of advice that you could give anyone who's listening to this, watching this, who's always wanted to write a book or is currently in the middle of the book, what would you say to them to keep them going, to get them motivated and inspire them to finish?
0: I I would actually say, first of all, just take that little germ of something and start working on it. You know, Just sit down and don't worry that you don't know where it's going. Just give yourself a little challenge to say, find something if it helps, find a, a sensory, you know, Key to something, you know, so it might be a little silver key or it might be a snow globe or a perfume. And then take that stimulus and just write. I think don't feel that you've got to get it right. I think that's probably it in a nutshell. Don't feel that you've got to get it right. Just get it down. It gets to that, get black on white, get something down. And also don't stop. Don't stop to criticize every individual sentence. Let it flow because editing. Will make it wonderful. You know, you can tighten it, you can change it. But in that first instance, just maybe set a timer 20 minutes to just keep your pen or your fingers on the keyboard moving and just see where it takes you. Because I think at the end of the day, you'll be really surprised and it will spur you to do more. Because the more you write, the more you think about your ideas, the more you want to write again.
1: Lovely. Thank you, Jackie. I'm sure, you know, it's been so inspirational and, you know, lots of motivational tips there. And, um, you know, I'm I'm sure people who are watching and listening are going to be really inspired by what you've said. Lots of great advice, which is wonderful. So thank you for joining me on the podcast. And I look forward to seeing your new book when it comes out. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So thank you.
0: Thank you, Dawn.